Jibber-jabber. Don't be babbling like a fool. Say what you got to say. That's all. Then shut your dang pie hole. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Prepared Mind channel. One second there. There we go. The Prepared Mind channel. Welcome to Studio B. Welcome back if you're on the PreparedMind.club or Subscribestar.com where you have paid a $2 premium. So Monday through Friday you get to come and talk to me live. Every day, Monday through Friday, live, and put in your questions. So do that right now. Get your question down below. Joelino, pull them. <laughs> right? I do my monologue, then you guys come in, and we do a Q&A about what is happening around the world, in our country, in our own towns. Folks, what I see is an invasion of swamp monsters, creatures, and scum. It is unbelievably bad. It's, it's in fact, I think it's become so obvious. I don't think there's a way to deny it, literally deny it. Looking at uh, the Attorney General and the Department of Justice and what they're doing, uh, not only to President Trump, but to political donors, regular people on the street, how they've classified adults, parents. Parents are what? Domestic terrorists? It's unbelievable where these people are going. And it's not just that they're coming after us. But they're demonstrating time and time again just how flat out ignorant and no, no, not, not ignorant. Ignorant implies intelligence with the uh, absence of information. These people don't have the ability to uh, take information, incorporate it in their minds, assimilate it with things that matter, right, and understand. Uh, like, for example, Karine Jean-Pierre, she really is that stupid. Right now, inflation rises in August. And here's a quote from her. Today's CPI data show more progress in bringing global inflation down here at home. Global inflation is down here at home. But inflation rose in August. So how can it be down? It's just they're that stupid, folks. How can inflation be up? and have that be a good thing? How can they look at a recession and recessionary numbers? But they do and claim that it's a recovery, not a recession. Once again, the, the World Economic Forum puppets in Washington, look at the English language and then look at you and me. And they go, yeah, this doesn't mean what we need it to mean. And they completely change the meaning of words. Now, in uh, English parlance, that is called sophistry, changing the meaning of words. They are, folks. That That is uh, one of the tools of the devil, <laughs> right? That's, that's exactly what they do. They just change the words. If they can't change the laws, they'll change the meaning of words. It's incredible, right? They, they really don't think that life even matters. Right now, to Democrats, to communists, yeah, life doesn't matter. So we're going to get into this argument here coming up again really soon. And I want to touch on this topic just a little bit. I know it sets people off, and that's just the way it goes, folks. We live in the real world where we have to deal with topics, discussions, words, and, and ideas that are difficult. It's funny, though, how YouTube and uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Google... They don't want us to talk about certain topics, so they censor us. Well, apparently we're allowed to talk about this one still. Uh, Senator Graham, uh, light in the loafers, Senator Graham has announced some legislation that is just bound to cause an uproar. And I almost think that this guy is doing this just to create a political storm. He has introduced or announces uh, legislation uh, at the federal level 
that is going to ban abortions after 15 weeks. Very interesting topic, huh? You bet. Now, to accompany that, I want to bring this up, right? Uh, Dr. Phil, right, this television psychologist, he did a show uh, and, and kind of uh, wanted to bring up uh, an, a, a pro-abortion and a pro-life. But as usual, these TV shows are, are set up in such a way to make pro-life look bad and pro-choice, you know, or pro-abortion look good. Anyways, uh, it didn't go that way. The pro-life mother basically carried the show. But she asked one question. And this is a question I think we should all be asking ourselves, not just in relation to abortion, but in relation to life. Uh, anyways, uh, Dr. Phil got stunned, right? Because this pro-life mother asked him with regard to a baby, right? A, a, a baby that's in utero, a baby that's inside the mom. And she asks, if it's not a human life, why do you have to kill it? Right? If something isn't alive, why do you have to kill it? This was interesting to me, and I kept thinking about this. You kill things that are alive. So in order for an abortion to be successful, they have to kill the baby. Or the tissue. You know, they like to say it's, it's, it's uh, tissue. But that too has to be killed. I've heard so many stories about babies that were aborted, that were still alive. And I don't want to talk about it any more than that because it breaks my heart. But this topic is going to create another storm, folks, just before the election. And you can bet your ass the monsters on the Democrat side are going to continue to pretend like they're not killing anything and demand that it's a right to be able to kill. Unbelievable. Ah, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, where do we go? Let, let's just switch gears a little bit here, right? This world can't seem to, to make a distinction between reality and fantasy, between the law and, and the illegal. The NBA, National Basketball Association, it is fantasy land. It is a game. Well, they have suspended the league, the Phoenix Suns owner, now, how do you suspend someone? How do you suspend someone as the owner? It's not like he goes out on the court and plays. He's the owner, but they've suspended him. You can suspend ownership. Uh, anyways, and they find him $10 million. So the league can suspend and fine an owner uh, because a probe found that he used racial errors and made sexist comments to female employees. I have a funny feeling that if you were in the locker room after any NBA game, you're going to hear racial slurs. I bet if you check the music selection of NBA players and fans, you will hear racial slurs. And additionally, listening to this music, you're going to hear a lot of sexist comments. Right? I mean, this was a big deal. Uh, I don't know what last year. What was it? The Wet Pussy song that was sang by the female uh, rap artist and, and any other number of rap songs that have uh, uh, an incredible amount of, shall we say, sexual licentiousness described. You know, and, and if that's not enough, all you have to do is take a drive on a Saturday night in Atlanta or Chicago or Baltimore and you can go watch a variety of city folk twerking in public in the most grotesque manner, sometimes on the windshields of police cars. But they need to suspend the Phoenix Suns owner because they found a probe. <laughs> that in itself sounds rather sexual, don't you think? They're probing him. Anyway, so they're going to find this guy, but what about Hunter? What about Joe Biden? Joe Biden and his shower issues. Joe Biden is in his sniffing and gro uh, groping. Nothing is done about that. Hunter and his drugs, crack, cocaine, weed, coke, you know, hookers, 
blow, I mean, good God. The law doesn't apply to them. But a basketball fantasy league thing has real consequences if they decide they want to fine you. What a bunch of shit. Unbelievable. We got Michael Brown sending a cash app donation. And no comment from that. So get a, uh, get a comment or a question if you got one there, Michael. Thank you for supporting the Prepared Mind channel. I appreciate that. It just came in hot off the presses. And Michael Brown is there <laughs> all the time, man. I'm wondering what you're thinking today. Let us know. Now, uh, we got a big deal coming up. We've seen a lot of inflation. We've seen a lot of shortages. Now, it hasn't gotten to uh, an emergency level shortages of food or other goods. But uh, I just did a little project today. And I was told that the door that I needed to order for a construction project how long do you think they should take to get an order filled? Well, the time on this, 22 weeks. That's two, two, 22 weeks, almost half a year to get some ridiculous, simple commercial doors sent to me. Now, I realize I'm way out in the sticks. I realize that I'm way out in the swamps and the jungle, right? I realize that, but still, uh, cars drive here all the time. Trains go by on train tracks all the time. Why is it going to take 22 weeks to get some doors? Well, we're going to have more problems just like this, folks. Right? The, the freight railroads are preparing for their strike. And I want you to understand the cost of this. Every day, the estimate is this strike is going to cost Americans two billion dollars the economy is going to be hammered by these people this is what unions do and what are unions folks unions are socialist organizations right everybody needs to get paid better so they withhold their labor strangle uh the economy well here we go again right they're gonna they're trying to get their big fat juicy raise at the expense of everyone else and if they don't get their way, they take their ball, go home, do a strike, and we all get fucked over to the tune of $2 billion a day. Incredible. I think I think the number was, uh, Uman sent me some numbers. I think it was, they would need 460,000. No, that wasn't it. Uman put up, how many trucks would it take to replace all of these trains? I think it was like 46,000 semi-trucks added to the road, or it was 460,000. Ooh, man, let us know, man. All right. We're going to move on, right? I want to talk about these swamp monsters, these, these pieces of shit, these snakes, lizards, slimy freaks, bottom feeders, venomous diapers, 460,000 truckloads per day. We don't have that many trucks to make up. That's why I said, hey, look, railroads, we hardly see them. We hardly think about them. They're just there. But they do their job. While it's not quite silently doing their job, they do their job and move an immense amount of freight. A lot of bulk coal, oil, and uh, uh, other commodities, uh, other um, resources, but also just plain old cargo, etc. Okay, now back to the swamp creatures that I'm talking about. Um, DeSantis over there in the great state of Florida. He decided he was going to come out in a public speech and explain and explain some things. He explained that Republicans should strong arm corporations. I don't know if that's quite right. I don't know if wait, that title didn't sound quite right. What's going on here? I, there's a trick going on here. Aha! Here's what he said. He said Republicans are approaching big business all wrong. This is the correct headline, folks. And it comes from Insider, businessinsider.com. He says, quote, corporatism is not the same as free enterprise or a free market. Corporatism is not the same. That's what Governor DeSantis said. Well, what does that mean? It means the Democrats and the Republicans in Washington, D.C. are not doing this right. They're not doing this right. 
corporatism is crony capitalism. It's not free market economy. And the globalists know now that DeSantis knows all about them. I believe DeSantis can never be a president, folks, in this country without a liberation fully of D.C., of all of these swamp scum, because all of them up there have their hand out. They want money. Put money in their hand and then allow corporations to do whatever they want. Ask anybody, folks, how this is working. Corporatism, folks, another nice way of putting this. Let me put, let me change one word in Governor DeSantis's quote here. Instead of saying corporatism is not the same as free enterprise, let me substitute a word. Fascism is not the same as free enterprise. Now, in fascism, corporations make massive amounts of money, and they control government decisions and benefit from it, and they put in the palm of politicians all kinds of money. Well, today, corporatism does the exact same thing as fascism. The only distinction is, is our country isn't a full-on socialist authoritarian nation, but they are practicing at the highest levels fascist uh, programs, fascist policy, right? They pay the money to the government people, bureaucrats as well, folks. Don't think they're not getting their pit, their payout. They pay to play and the government plays with them and gives them big juicy contracts, turns a blind eye when they break the law. If you have any doubt, uh, look up G-A-T-A, -A. look up GATA. And it, it is just followed the gold and silver heist that has been going on in this country for two decades, right? The uh, FTC and the CFTC, right? How about the SEC and all the stock market crap that goes on? They're making billions, folks, every day off of our backs. They screw over people, grandma's retirement, et cetera. It's a mess, right? Now, while we're talking about D.C. and all the swamp scum up there, how about this, right? The Twitter or former Twitter security chief was in D.C. speaking to Congress, right? And this is what he said, right? He came out and told them uh, <clears throat> Twitter leadership, that is the people at the top, you know, like Zark Muckerberg, right? Are They're misleading the public. That's what he said, misleading the public. And they can track any user's location at any time. So what is Washington going to do about this? What is Washington going to do about the illegal censorship that goes on? Right? It, you know, if they were going to censor political speech, then you have to censor all of it. If you're going to allow some speech, then you have to allow all of it. You can't you know, pick and choose what is and isn't information that's worth sharing. And that's the problem with censorship, is this what they're doing? And that's why I believe it's illegal, because it's prejudicial, and it's looked at with a lens, right? It's a lens that only wants to see socialist ideas on the Internet. Uh, so, yeah, this, this uh, <clears throat> Twitter leadership, well, they can track Twitter, can track any user's location at any time. Uh, so there's a theme song for this. <clears throat> What's the, what's the right theme song? It always feels like somebody's watching me. <laughs> or is it every breath you take, I'll be watching you, right? Which one is it? Or is it both? These people are really, folks, that sick. Now, big reminder here, folks. Big reminder here. I need all of you who have a question, get them into Jolene uh, so she can get them to me for the second half of the show. You guys bring up awesome perspective, points of view, and I want to know what it is you're thinking and seeing out there. Because I'm sure I miss stuff, and oftentimes I do. That's why I lean on you guys, and we are a community of thinkers who come together, help each other. Government's not going to help you. Corporations aren't going to help you. Don't count on doctors helping you. Don't think a college is going to help you. Lawyers? It's rare to find a decent lawyer. Thank you, Jolene. Now little quick reminder here. New Zealand's horse-faced 
prime minister, authoritarian socialist scum. Her name, by the way, is Jacinda Ardern. She has dropped mask and Cerveza bug vaccine mandates. She's been terrorizing her country for two years plus. And then just like that, I guess we're not going to push that story anymore. How many lives has she ruined? Right? She was she was threatening to ruin people's lives forever. And do you remember, folks? Do you remember uh, that those couple of guys who were transporting Kentucky Fried Chicken in the trunk of their car, trying to get food right to their families, driving through the country, stopped by police? Arrested for having contraband chicken. Unbelievable, right? I don't know why they're allowed to stay in office. They should be hauled out and criminally charged. Because it's not just that they violated people's rights. It's not just that they were wrong about everything they said. And that they, the government, misled everybody saying, oh yeah, masks help. Oh yeah, it's safe and effective. They've lied the whole way. Unbelievable. Now, this was uh, also important. And I'm going to approach this. And I want you to think about how we approach this story. This is a Yahoo News story. and says, Russia is suffering a stunning defeat in Kharkiv, Ukraine. They, they're, they're just getting their asses kicked. Now, I want to I say this. Mainstream media, Democrat politicians... European politicians, they all say Russia lies. Am I correct? Russia lies. Russia can't be trusted. Russia's full of crap. Russia evil. Russia bad. Right? That's what the mainstream media, the Pentagon, President, and that's what they all say. Russia lies. Russians are bad. Can't trust Russians. Well, that is the World Economic Forum socialist view. For argument's sake, Russia lies. So Russia is calling their pullout of Kharkiv. They're just retreating. They're calling it a regrouping operation. NATO's ecstatic about this, right? But wait a minute, Russia lies. If Russia lies, then it's not a regrouping operation. It's something else entirely. And my guess is that it's a strategic pullback to draw in and guess who is taking credit for taking back these villages. It is the Nazi Azov Battalion of the Ukraine military. <clears throat> Remember, folks, it was um, <clears throat> Putin who said that he was going to denazify Ukraine. So the very people he wants to eliminate are, think that they're moving in and taking back territory. My guess is this uh, regrouping operation is actually a strategic pullback to draw in the Ukraine Nazis, and then wipe them out. I don't know for sure if that's the case, folks. I don't know, but it's certainly interesting. So let's see if I'm right. Stand by for confirmation over the next week, and we'll see if the press is going to tell us anything about what's happening. If they, <laughs> Putin is not a, an idiot, folks. The Russian generals are not idiots. The people in Ukraine... By people, I don't mean the people, I mean the leadership. You know, like Zelensky? Yeah, there's a problem there, isn't it? Idiots. Ah, yep. Now, not only is the Nazi Azov Battalion there uh, leading the Kharkiv offensive, but also former Blackwater group is in there, meaning uh, American mercenary groups. Interesting stuff, huh? Interesting stuff. Uh, the, the Western politicians appear to be wrong all the time. The medical doctors have appeared to be wrong all the time. Well, guess what? Who else is wrong? Uh, these climate alarmists, these uh, environmentalist fruitcakes who are pushing the world into this no carbon, carbon bad, get rid of oil and coal and natural gas. We can't have that stuff. Evil, evil. Well, they, they were telling us how this is going to be a horrifying hurricane season. Well, guess what? We are now at the peak 
the peak of the hurricane season. And guess what? There are no hurricanes. They're wrong, folks. They're always wrong. Why do we listen to them? Unbelievable. It, it truly is, folks. It's true. And for the good people of New Zealand, I hope they can all go out and get Kentucky Fried Chicken and enjoy eating it without wearing a mask or having to pull out an identification card saying that they've taken some toxic substance and jammed it in their body. <clears throat> Just incredible. Absolutely incredible. You know, they, they try and make a common cold sound like we should give a shit. They try and make the leader of the most corrupt country on the planet into some sort of hero, some sort of savior. But for regular people here in the United States of America, we're facing incredible difficulties, right? Well, while these, these goons in Washington, in the FBI, in the IRS, in the Department of Justice, all of these federal goons are just smarming around up there, neck deep in slop. While people out in this country are getting uh, a raw deal. And I saw this story and I wanted to bring it to everyone's attention, right? There's, there's people that live in the border states, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California. And a lot of those areas, or most of them, folks, that's the desert you see in old Western movies. All right, It's, it's not lush green fields. It's hard work. And you've got ranchers out there, folks. They, they grow food, and they raise cattle and other livestock. But life for them is getting really nasty. Those people, folks, are being overrun by illegals. While, while Beetlejuice and Mayor Bowser of D.C. complain that they have a state of emergency because a couple of buses of illegals show up. Well, the ranchers have a different story, folks. They are assaulted. Their dogs are killed. They're fencing their property destroyed. Uh, the dead bodies of illegal immigrants that were used are just cast aside. Right? This, this invasion coming from the southern border, folks, it is SHTF, and it is consequential to what these, these scumbags in D.C. are doing. Right? D.C. has been invaded by criminal scum. And so I guess it would make sense that they would allow criminal scum to come across the southern border, right? They're bringing fentanyl with them and other drugs. They're bringing with them murder, kidnapping, sex trafficking, and everything else, folks. And Joe Biden wants to what? He either wants to stand up in front of a microphone and lie to you or stand in front of uh, a camera and lick ice cream and try and touch kids. And we're really supposed to believe that he's the president. That he gives a shit. I sure hope you're prepared. I sure hope you have food, water, shelter, clothing, medicine, and a means of self-defense. I hope you have a plan, folks, because it's not going to get better. All these people in D.C. are doing is, is enriching themselves at our expense. And if you try and oppose them and you try and support President Trump or some other politician, guess what? They can show up at your door, the FBI. Or maybe you'll get a letter in the mail from the IRS accusing you of not paying the proper amount of taxes. Whew. Yeah, it's that kind of world, folks. It's the world we're living in. I'll tell you what, I'm going to switch over to the Q&A, <laughs> right? But remember, before we do that, remember that uh, Joe Biden thinks that anyone who wants to make America great, again, is an extremist and those extremists are considered evil and the enemies of this country you and me really here it is because this mega crowd is really the most extreme political ex organization that's existed in american history are you ready Unbelievable. <laughs> ah, I tell you, um, you know, the whole the whole 
problem, right? Now in, in what, Bakersfield, California, at a, at a middle school, a student brought fentanyl onto campus. Apparently a school staff member uh, was dealing with uh, some disciplinary issues and searched him and found this stuff and <laughs> accidentally was killed, overdosed from exposure. Folks, that's known as death by St. George Floyd's disease, right? Uh, St. George Floyd uh, became the martyr and poster boy for uh, racial Marxism in America, right? If, and it's incredible that Derek Chauvin, you know, was treated the way he was because once you review the, the video footage uh, prior to him being outside the car, he was complaining of chest pains, not being able to breathe. That it, it's just, it's incredible. You know, I don't care what color you are. If you're that stupid, right? It might just be a good idea that you OD on fentanyl. Anyways, ah, these drugs are coming across the border. That's the point of talking about this California middle school and, right? Dangerous shit. Why mess with it? Right? Hey, I know. Why don't you free your mind? In other words, sober up. Free your mind and your ass will follow. All right. <laughs> Jolene. I know we got some super chat donations. No, not super chat donations, just some regular questions. That's right, because if you're here during the week, you don't have to hit super chat button. You don't have to. Uh, I mean, Michael Brown did a cash app donation, but you don't have to. All you have to do is be a paying member, two bucks a month, seven cents a day, right at the preparedmind.club or the subscribestar.com location. Both are portals, gateways to get on this show live. Now, let us get to one of your questions in the Q&A. We got Mick in the UK, and uh, oh, he says, uh, hey, John, thanks for answering my question on the chemtrails. It's Monday the 12th, and they have restarted fly spraying the British skies. Good golly. That's fascinating, and it's fascinating that you noted, uh, Mick, that they weren't spraying after the Queen's death, but they've resumed on Monday. I guess they got their three days of peace and uh, maybe they, you know, I don't know. The queen is officially dead. I don't know what their rituals are, but wow, interesting stuff. Thank you very much, Mick. I appreciate that. And I'm sorry to hear that they've consumed or resumed <laughs> consuming. Uh, is this consumption? How does this work? Right. Don't put carbon in the air. Bad. But put heavy metals, uh, nanoparticles of heavy metals in the air by the ton and fog out the sky. That'll, that'll, that'll fix things. That'll make things better. All right, Jolene, who do we have next? We've got Muho. He says, remember when Trump and Dr. Fauci gave a news conference every day with Dr. Burks? I do remember that. In fact, I'm pretty sure you were commenting back then. He says, oh, the days and Q. <laughs> was still a think and discussion. Putin, dog no toilet now, be the hero of all rhinos. Ain't SHTF great? The, the Q people, are we supposed to still be going one and going all? I mean, there, there's so many problems with what's happened. I remember those days. Yeah, Trump would stand up there and Fauci would stand up there and Burks would stand up there. And that went on for quite some time until Peter Navarro said no more of this shit. And that's when the real fighting started over HCQ and over uh, horse paste. And then came the censorship where they silenced us and said, hey, you guys can't talk about any other prescriptions. Prescriptions and drugs that have been around for decades and have been used in not only in animals, but in humans successfully to deal with malaria, parasites, and viral issues. The cat got out of the bag and we were silenced. Peter Navarro jumped up and told Fauci and screamed and yelled at him, said, you're done, right? That started it, folks. And now Dr. Birx has written a book saying that, well, she lied and it's okay. And then Dr. Fauci claims, well, he didn't really have any mandates and he didn't cause any irreparable damage. Oh, the SHTF, right? Putin, bad. Putin's always been bad. 
What am I watching Putin do? I'm watching Putin try and protect his country, Russia. Interesting stuff, right? Do I have an ax to grind? Do I have skin in the game? Well, I guess I'm an American and I would like to be free. I would like to be free of fascist control and techniques and tyrannical government. That's the skin I have in the game. All right. Good stuff there, Muo. Uh, Jolene, let's move on with the next one. We got Oregon Patriot, who always has some very interesting stuff. And he has this comment. He says, I, I'm wondering if the Internal Revenue Service needs lots of people, lots of guns and lots of ammo to enforce taxation in non-visible trade, uh, like precious metals, cryptocurrencies, and the barter system. Well, that's why they want to go to cashless system 100%. Uh, they, want to, they want all of their taxes. Now, the IRS deals with income tax. Right? It is the states that deal with sales tax, you know, a typical transaction. Right? The IRS is interested in looking at how much money you make and taking it from you. It's the states and the cities that want to see every sale. Right? So precious metals, cryptocurrencies, the barter system. Now, uh, cryptocurrencies, people who trade that uh, like they do other uh, stocks and securities, if you make a profit from uh, the time you buy something to the time you sell it, they're going to want to tax the profit. That is the difference, the delta between what you paid for it and, and what you made if it's positive. If it's negative, they don't share in the loss. They just want money if it's the positive. So the IRS does have an interest in cryptocurrencies. Precious metals, in my opinion, is money because the Constitution says so. Gold and silver is money, and the government is not allowed to tax money. When money goes, right, it's just incredible. As far as I'm concerned, these people have lost their minds. Bartering. Uh, the government has a right to tax money, it thinks, you know, or, or transactions when taxable events occur. But when you trade a handful of uh, beans for a cup of milk, there are no U.S. dollars in there, right? Both people can proclaim that the milk and the beans are worth one penny. And there's been no gain made, right? No sale of any consequence. And that's the problem they have with the barter system is you can say, well, I'm selling this for a dollar or selling this for a penny. And someone's going to trade you something that is equally worth nothing you know so it's interesting the irs needs so organ patriot what does the irs need lots of people guns and ammunition for it's to enforce something else entirely that's my estimation of this what else is there that they could be doing and looking for we're going to find out what all this is about because in order to have a bank account in order to have a job, you know, to be an employee, the IRS has your tax information and they find out from the employer every penny you make. Every transaction is monitored. Why is a gun and ammunition needed? And if everything is filed now with the Internal Revenue Service through computers, why are more agents needed? Can't the computers themselves, right, Garbage in, garbage out. Can't the computers get how much you made, filed electronically, and compare that to your tax return? In fact, there shouldn't be a need for anyone to file a tax return. The IRS should take the information it gets about you. How much have you paid? How much did you make? And you've either put too much in or you need to put a little more in. But we continue to play this game, this charade and it's a dangerous one, folks, because it's really not a, a constitutional game that they're playing. It's a, uh, shall we say, uh, super constitutional game they're playing. It's rather dangerous because they don't like the Second Amendment. They don't like the First Amendment. They don't like the Fourth and Fifth Amendments. They don't like the Tenth Amendment. Right? They think the government is all-powerful. And for the last, shall we say, 25 years and more, I've had my nose and my mind completely embroiled in this game of what government thinks it's doing. 
And it's incredible, just in, in the last 25 years, the, the second half of the life I've lived so far, the government has continued to shock me, literally, stun me with how much authority it claims it has and how much right it has. Government has no right, by the way. It only has authority. And it isn't self-prescribed authority. That authority comes from you and I, the people. The government can't just make shit up and have it be law. It has to go through the filter known as the Constitution, which protects this republic. But how much of that filtering have we seen? Not much, have we? We've just seen government running roughshod. Just, just throwing people in prison, taking their money, destroying their lives, and saying, fuck you, we don't care. All right, let's move on before I say something that's <laughs> a little too rough. Kila one checks in and says, hey, John, I have not seen any lately win the horse's ass award. <laughs> so many candidates, so few awards handed out. Well, <clears throat> I, I, would, uh, I would like to tell you that Kareem Jean-Pierre wins today's horse's ass award for trying to state that the increase in inflation is evidence of a decrease in the inflation. But there are truly uh, candidates out there that are that are just incomprehensibly stupid and their horses' asses. I mean, I could equally give it to <clears throat> the Prime Minister of New Zealand, who has ruined lives, fortunes, families, confiscated property, thrown people in jail, fined them, for not wearing a mask and staying put where the government demands and staying locked down and for not getting the Jim Jones juice when she demanded it. And now she just not going to worry about it anymore. I think that they've done enough damage, folks. I think they're satisfied with what they've done to the people. That's the only thing I can come up with is they figure they've done enough damage and they can just sit back now and watch people rot from the inside out. It is scary as hell. And will you remember your political leader in your local environment? Will you remember who they are? The, the, the people in city council? Will you remember the business owners and employees who screamed and yelled, get a mask on, and tried kicking you out? Will we remember the governors? We should. We should remember all of these people, folks. Because, you know, the, the negative consequence, the, the, the just radical death that is on us. And it's on us. We're hearing about it. Now they're going to pretend like, oh, you don't have to do it. No, it was never that bad. I mean, Fauci himself can come out and say, oh, no, no, I never said that. Right? Uh, you just misinterpreted all the great things I was trying to say and do for you guys. Right? It's, it's this game that they play. With COVID... I mean, the things that we thought we knew in the beginning turned out as the months went by to not be the case, which really forced us to adapt and to change some of our policies and recommendations. That was interpreted by many as flip-flopping or not really knowing what's going on when it really was the evolution of the science. Fuck you, Dr. Fauci. The evolution of the science means... Science is whatever he says it is. I mean, the temerity, the guts, the hoochspah, the just the fucking jerk to sit there in front of the whole world on TV and make those claims. Oh, the evolution of science. No, no, no. One plus one is always two. The sun comes up in the east, right? It doesn't change evolution of science. What a fucker. Okay, let's do this. Let's take another, another comment, question, statement, joke. And it is Michael Brown. Thank you again, Michael. He says, uh, John, I'm in the IBEW. Should I quit and go non-union? That is the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, folks. That's a union. My son, Lucas, went to school uh, to become a lineman, and he would have been part of the union, the International Brother... Uh, <laughs> is it the IBEW, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers? That The IBEW. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to quit and go non-union, Michael. Right? This, this is this is where the rubber meets the road. 
right? Unions have great pay. They've they've organized and told, uh, well, in your case, electrical companies, utility companies, hey, look, these people are doing a job. They need to not worry about their pay. They need to get a good wage, all of these things, right? My problem is this, this concept of going on strike and fucking the country over, right? Uh, if the IBEW said, look, we're going we're gonna to stop doing our job. We're not going to fix uh, down power lines. We're not going to uh, you know, replace transformers. We're not going to do our jobs. We're not going to do new construction. We're not going to do anything until we get all the money we want. And, and there's a great argument there for, yeah, that's a great way to, to get fair wages, right? Go on strike. <sighs> what if, you know, Michael, let's, let's just assume you make uh, $100,000 a year for argument's sake. That seems like a fair wage. You're working uh, for the IBEW or uh, for a, a utility company as a union member, and you've got a dangerous job. You're working around really dangerous equipment, high voltage, et cetera. And so does $100,000 sound like a, a good paycheck for having a dangerous job? It requires specialized training, specialized clothing, specialized gear. Uh, it, it is very dangerous. Yeah, $100,000 sounds right. Not a problem there. Well, what if the IBEW went to the utility company and said, you know, we've changed our mind. We want Michael to make a million dollars. He should make a million dollars a year. Everyone in the union should make a million dollars a year. Now that seems unreasonable, right? And uh, <clears throat> if they did that, the cost of electricity would go through the roof, right? Because all those wages have to be paid. And if you're a member of the IBEW or any other union or most unions, I should say, there's, there's great pension or retirement plans, uh, medical benefits, health benefits, uh, which, of course, not only extend to the employees, but their families, right? But it, 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 there comes a point where it seems like it's unreasonable. And I guess this is the catch-22, right? I understand how unions help people get better wages, but who pays for that in the end? Right. Um, so if you went up to a, a million dollars uh, <laughs> a year, Michael, I'd be like, wow, man, that's a great job to have. But at the same time, I go, well, you know, in order to pay you a million, everyone else has to take it in the ass. Right. Pay higher prices. So the grocery store and this is the argument against the whole union thing. The grocery store goes, man, our utility bill went up tenfold, ten times because the utility workers, their pay went up. 10 times. And so now everybody has to pay more for their food at the store or their gasoline at the pumps, right? Or for their shoes, for their kids. Everyone else has to pay those wages that go up. Uh, well, the utility, I'm sorry, the, the union workers, well, they just big giant raise. And so inflation went up to accommodate that. But non-union workers, which is to say everyone else, we don't get those kind of raises. We we don't have the ability to go on strike. And so you go, well, if if everyone, if it was a level playing field and everyone could go on strike and raise their wages, then everything on the planet would go up um, and follow it, right? Inflation would follow, and that inflation would go up so quick, it would eat up any raise that you got as a union worker. This is the problem with this game that's played. Right. The more the unions ask, the more everything costs, the more we all have to pay, right? It's a tough game. Am I going to tell you to quit? No. Uh, if I was a union worker making a lot of money, and, and folks, I know Republicans and conservatives and libertarians that are, you know, union workers, right? Is there a better way to do business? <sighs> the problem systemic, in my opinion. If corporations were honest and decent, we wouldn't need unions, right, to ensure that, um, no, no, let me, let me say this. Working conditions used to be very unsafe. Unions weren't concerned just with pay, but with safe working conditions, with having a 40-hour week instead of a 60-hour work week, right? They did a lot, uh, uh, people did, and then getting a hold of politicians by the scruff of their neck and saying, let's fix these unsafe, unhealthy, 
you know, ridiculous work environments, working children, you know, overworking them in sweatshops, right? There need to be laws to protect people. But the, this whole union thing, right? When, when you look at, at a large union like the railroad union, they can basically hold the whole country, right? You can hold them hostage. And, and I get it now. See, I look at Denmark where the government is saying we're going to shut down the farmers, right? No more farming, no more cows, no more dairy, no more planting stuff. It didn't take a union for the people to come together and protest and shut everything down. And it's caused nothing but trouble huge at huge cost to the people and the government. But the farmers said, Hey, look, you know, we're going to strike. We're going to do our own type of strike. And I applaud that. But at the same time, I go, that has a huge economic consequence and cost. If the rail unions go on strike, there's a huge economic cost to the country and an inconvenience to all of us. So if they win their strike and get their demands, they get huge raises, but you and I get to pay for not only the, the, the lost value from the strike, but we have to pay for increased costs. Now, on the other side of the world, over in Denmark, I supported that type of strike the people clogging highways and telling the government to fuck off, right? What did they do? Well, if they get their way, who benefits? Well, the farmers benefit. They get to continue to plant or farm or raise cattle. And the people benefit because they're going to have food, right? Everyone wins. I don't like to see a situation or a strike or some sort of uh, strong arming uh, where only one group gets to benefit. That's, but it's, it's awful, folks. It's awful. It's difficult. The problem with all of this, the systemic problem is greed and corruption, evil stuff. But I certainly understand why people, they join unions, folks. They Well, to, to, to work on the, the world of utilities, electrical utilities, you have to join the IBEW, right? You have to join the union shop. It is not... Uh, <laughs> There aren't privateers and scabs out there working alongside union workers. Uh, and that's how this works. I am not a fan of unions, folks, but I understand the good things that can be done with them. I don't like how they can put a stranglehold on everyone and cause everyone else to pay uh, and suffer while they wait for a better paycheck. Tricky stuff. But as far as working for the IBW, I'm telling you, man, <laughs> We love you out there. I used to take, I used to stop and see utility guys, right? Linemen and ask them, do you guys need coffee? Do you need donuts? Because they're out there in the snow. They're out there in the rain. They're working to get your power back on. It's dangerous work, shitty conditions. And I appreciated everything they did. Um, that's how I look at the world, right? Yeah, they're definitely essential workers. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, man. I hope I answered the question, kind of addressed some of the topics surrounding it. I don't like communism. I don't like Marxism. And I believe that people should be able to get together and tell their bosses that they're jackasses and that they need to fix some problems. I don't like the negative side of it. I don't like everyone else suffering just so a few can enrich themselves. Folks, unions and the mafia, right? There's, they're like synonymous terms, right? Look up, look up mafia and unions, and you'll find uh, a great deal of corruption just within the unions themselves. Right? You you do something messes with the union, uh, you end up with your legs broke or your knuckles smashed. That's what happens, folks. Right? Unions can be pretty rough, and that's not a new problem. It's been around for a hundred years or more. Right. And when the unions aren't breaking your knuckles or smacking your knees with bats, guess who else is? That's right, corporations. What do we have with them? They're jacking with our bank accounts. Do you think I like that? Not a bit. They're getting people fired. They're destroying people's lives, and they lose their homes and their cars and their families. Corporations, they used to take people out, folks, behind the woodshed and put a bullet back behind their ear. Now they use social media and they use internet technology to destroy us as individuals, punish us. 
So we're all in a big, shall we say, free-for-all pit. Corporations and unions, the people and government, bureaucrats and elected officials, cops and robbers, judges and lawyers, doctors, <laughs> doctors, and the military, educators, right? It's a free-for-all, folks. It's a shit show. It's S-H-T-F. Thanks again, Michael, very much. And don't quit your job. <laughs> Latin American Preparedness says this. Rail strike is expected to begin on Friday. UPS and FedEx is also expected to go on strike. This will be the mother of all strikes. What can we expect with the mother of all strikes and how to prep? Great topic to bring up. We can take that comment right down. <laughs> this is the essence of being prepared. We see a strike coming from uh, railroad unions. We see UPS, FedEx, right? Parcel handling unions. They're saying, we're going to go on strike. Well, if you turn around or turn to the side and look in the corner and there's your stack of food and you've got your food, water, shelter, clothing, medicine, your means of self-defense, you're good. If you look in your pantry and you don't have more than a couple of days worth of food, you're in trouble. Right? Can you live without UPS for one day, two days, three days? Can you live without going to the store for one day, two days, three days, a week? How about two weeks? How about a month? These are the questions we ask. Right? This is what a prepper is supposed to ask. If things go haywire and screwy, right? can I live without the railroad? Probably, but in some way, things are going to get difficult for me because a lot of stuff comes by rail. Well, can I live without electricity? Well, <laughs> we all know the question of that, folks. Probably 98, 99% of the country. One in 100 has a generator, solar panels, or some way to get electricity, right? Little wind turbine. Very small. We can't live without electricity. We need you, Michael. Stay at work. <laughs> right? Can you survive one day without power? Three days. How about a week? What happens to your food after a week? Are you prepared? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves and ask one another. Are you prepared? Right? What, what if the policemen go on strike? Well, there is, folks. The police have unions as well. And unions, by and large, support Democrats. But what is it that Democrats have been doing, right? Putting cops out there to get beat up. You know, it's, they're destroying the country, right? Corruption is increasing, not decreasing. You know, it'd be great if we could count on our fellow countrymen. It would be great to, if we could count on our fellow countrymen to do what's right at all times, but we're not going to have that. It's just not happening. Are you prepared, right? UPS and FedEx, there it is, right? Railroads, there it is. And, and folks, you don't even need a strike for things to go wrong. Your fuel refinery can explode. The pipeline can be hacked. Right? Terrorists can take actions, right? There's so many ways shit can hit the fan and get worse. Crazy stuff. All right, we got another uh, another <laughs> another Q&A question. Let's get to that and wrap this show up. Paul A says, still on bug out standby. Mesquite Fire, Northern California. I tell you what, Paul, I've got family right there. And a family of family who have been burned out. Right, uh, prepping and being prepared and having a bug out location and a plan to get you and your family out isn't just for World War III, invasion by Russia or China. Look at what we got here. California wildfire, just cooking California again. Well, in Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Kansas, tornadoes. You have a bug out plan if tornadoes come? Do you have a, a bunker in plan for tornadoes, right? There's so many different ways shit can hit the fan, right? Complete idiots rioting because 
well, whatever the excuse they need. Their football team won. Their basketball team lost, right? You know, someone got killed and they didn't like how it happened. Whatever the story is, you know, shit can hit the fan very quickly. It doesn't have to just be, right, caused by the government, caused by war, caused by disease, famine, pestilence. Get prepared. Food, water, shelter, clothing, medicine, means of self-defense, and your plan. Right? God bless America. Let's get ready, and let's, well, in order for us to succeed, we all have to do the right thing. Prep to action. Get prepared. Get prepared. And once you've done that, once you're prepared, then you take action. Get active politically. Share what you believe. Share this internet address and get people locked in. Right? Prepping isn't stupid. It's not a joke. It doesn't have to be 24-7 way of life, but it sure should right? Uh, have a little bit to do with how you think and how you see the world. It is a dangerous place. Semper Fi, folks, means always faithful and Godspeed to you. Thank you again for joining me. I'll see you, well, zero dark 30. Until then, hasta la vista.